for Monday. Brad Ausmus was quick to point out that this is strictly precautionary, so hopefully nothing to worry about when it comes to the Star Slugger. According to Rock Kabuko of Masson, the Phillies and Nationals are both interested in Orioles closer Michael Givens. In the NBA, barring a trade at some point on Monday, the Cavaliers are set to release J.R. Smith, who then become a unrestricted free agent, and rumors are out there that he could reunite with LeBron James and join the Lakers. And from the boxing world, Purnell Sweet P. Whitaker, a longtime boxer and one of the best in history, was killed Sunday night when he was hit by a car in Virginia Beach, Virginia. He was 55. The Virginia Beach Police Department said that the incident remains an active investigation. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been the Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. BFF's Action Hour is live with you, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. Breaking news during the break, and it's baseball-related, as Zach Wheeler has some shoulder fatigue and is being placed on the injured list for the New York Mets. They say it's precautionary, but when it comes to the Mets, uh, I expect it'll be out for the year. <laughs> yeah, of course, someone that they were going to try and trade away, that they were shopping, obviously, and we've heard plenty of teams have interest in him, from the Red Sox to the Yankees. I've seen the Astros link to Zach Wheeler as well. Just more disaster in a tumultuous season for Zach Wheeler, Greggy. Someone we thought that was going to build off that second half last year, and it has not happened. Um, I don't know that you can necessarily point to the shoulder fatigue as being the reason why Zach Wheeler's performance hasn't been great, because his velocity is still massive. I mean, you know, he's... He's like top five in velocity for fastball, slider, and splitter among starting pitchers this year, Greg. So I don't, it's clear that his velocity was not affected by this shoulder fatigue, but potential, I mean, I guess there's a chance that it has affected his play overall this season because he's been one of the bigger letdowns for fantasy baseball purposes. I'm sure this just popped up. I'm hoping it's just some, some dead arm or something along those lines, you know? Hopefully he's back soon, basically. It's just the most immense situation, though, because, you know, right, right when they're getting ready to try and shop this guy and potentially get a solid haul in return for Zach Wheeler, someone who is expected to be, he will be a free agent in the offseason here. So he is a rental for teams, of course, right when they're getting ready to shop him, he lands on the IL with shoulder fatigue. So let's go, Mets. Fantastic. So I'm in, I'm in this tough spot. Maybe I can get man. Florio to call in and let us know what he thinks about Zach Wheeler. Well, well, Zach Wheeler sucks. I tell him that all the time. Now he's injuring sucks. I have a fantasy question here for you, Greg. Just all a right. philosophical commissioner question, right? So I play in a league where 
my lineup is locked for 10 days. Basically, from the start of the second half, you get those that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that just happened, and then this upcoming week. It's locked for 10 days. Obviously, I had Zach Wheeler on my lineup because I thought I was going to get two starts out of him. Now, can I ask the commissioner to put a different pitcher in my lineup? I, no. I didn't know he was going to be hurt. Oh, that's the and it's game. a 10-day week. that's the game. Are you kidding me? That's what do you game. mean, are you kidding me? That's the game. There was no indication about this at all. Of course not, but that's the game. If a guy breaks his leg on a Monday, it sucks. What are you going to do? There's no indication. But he hasn't pitched yet. There's no indication he's going to break his leg. Of course you can't do that. Well, I'm going to ask anyway. No, that would, as a commissioner, that would like enrage me that you would ask that. In all honesty. Enrage I, I, I disagree vehemently, actually. I, I would be so annoyed by that question. Look Why? Because you had bad luck, so you want to be helped out. Everybody has bad luck. Everyone has but, to but Greg, he hasn't played a game. It's not like he had one start. The Mets have played a game, though. But he hasn't. I understand that. It sucks. What are you going to do? The whole league has played. Like that, like I disagree. That. I disagree. So you started I'm going to ask him anyway. So you believe Max Scherzer. So for Max Scherzer, should also be allowed to be pulled out of people's lineups. Right? I, he actually pulled them out of my lineup for me over the weekend. Max Scherzer. Yes. That's a joke. I put in Michael Pineda. I, I don't probably should have just left Max Scherzer zero in there. I don't. I don't like that personally. Same. Well, you. It's different though. You play in a daily league where you could change your lineup I every un- day. I understand. I play. But we play in. We, in a, I play in weekly leagues. Also, in a though. weekly league where you play in a points league where pitcher starts matter so much for your chance of winning or losing a week. I just feel like there, it's a little bit different. Now, I will say this. The only other options I have on my bench, this is where I can see why it wouldn't, it wouldn't be fair to change it now. Because I have pitcher, the pitchers on my bench have already pitched. Right. Eduardo Rodriguez and Zach Gallen. Right. Zach Gallen was not good. He gave me like six points. And Eduardo Rodriguez gave me 26 points. So, obviously, I can't put Eduardo Rodriguez in. Like, I understand why that would be unfair for my opponent. I can't put in a pitcher, you know... Hindsight 2020, the guy pitched a gem. Eduardo Rodriguez had 10 strikeouts. Like, I can't do that. I understand it. So if I had another pitcher on my bench who hasn't pitched, I think that would be a little bit more fair. But I agree that you, sh- you shouldn't be able to put a pitcher in your lineup who has already pitched. Of course not. But if I had a pitcher who hadn't pitched, I think that would be all right to do. I don't agree. I, I right. really don't. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't agree. All right, well, yeah, whatever. You're the Hitler of fantasy commissioners, whatever. You, you can't. Probably shouldn't do that either. All right. You're a fantasy dictator. That's, that's all that, I meant. That's fine. I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying to go down that I'm road. Just I was saying just making an analogy should here. not go down that road. You're uh, a fantasy dictator. That's it. A couple of injuries to note from over the weekend, how it could affect your uh, betting this week. I mentioned Max Scherzer. He hits the IL for the Washington Nationals. Mike Trout left the game precautionary, but is having an MRI today uh, on his injured right calf. We'll see. You know, they don't believe it's serious, but who knows what that calf um, MRI will reveal, Frank. Mike Trout currently hurt for the Angels. Yeah, so from a fantasy perspective, too, do you just take him out of your lineup? If you're setting it for this week, you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Just play it safe rather than I don't think you have a sorry, right? You want to get some kind of production in your lineup? I don't, I don't think you have any choice. I think you have to check Trout out right now. Speaking of uh, production, or lack thereof, I guess, Roman Marquez, currently losing 9-zip. His ERA is 5.00, Greg. Yeah, the sun not helping 
him out. Not very good right the now. Sun not uh, helping him out. The Giants for Herman Marquez. Giants obviously dominating there. Not a good start for Herman Marquez. Oh, you know what? That's actually. You know what that, sucks is that nobody's getting any of this fantasy production though. Mike Yastrzemski, two for two with three RBIs. Brandon Crawford, two for three with three so, RBIs. So I was going to say... Nobody has these guys in their lineup. So I was going to say, you know what sucks? I, I haven't told you this purposely. A couple of weeks back, I think that Jeff Samarja for a spot start. Of course, uh, uh, yeah. In uh, San Diego. Of course you wouldn't mention that to me. Right. Because you crapped all over me for mentioning Jeff Samarja during the draft season. And here you are picking him <laughs> I up. I picked him up. Two starts that were good. So obviously, I have him on my bench. He's in Colorado. He's up 9 nothing. He's probably going to get a win, but there's still a chance he gets blown out for like the next two or three innings he throws. Two perfect innings thus far for Jeff Samarja. We'll be back after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Good point, Danny. This would be a really good song for you to sing, actually, Greg. I'm good. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> You're telling me this isn't your karaoke go-to? Uh, no. Little Cardi B? Uh-uh. Uses red bottoms? Cardi! Not a fan. All right. Prefer, prefer Nicki Minaj. Sure. Well, sure. Do you agree with that sentiment? Who up next, by the way? It's All right. Well, at, the window, at the not window. Not answer me. At the window is Sean Guastamacchia. A uh, couple of notes here that I wanted to get to here in our action hour. We'll get to today's MLB bets coming up in a bit as well. That is that Ben Simmons officially signed his five-year, $170 million extension. Good move by the Sixers? Uh, I don't know, man. I think the jury is still out. I think it's a, I think it's a risky move to give somebody who can't shoot that type of commitment, I understand how young he is, but for whatever reason, his first couple of seasons in the league, it doesn't seem like he's really improved at all, Greg, or has tried to improve. Both his, you know, just jump shooting in-game and his free throw percentage, too. Like, that makes him a liability late in games for a team that, you know, expects to compete in the Eastern Conference next year. You know, probably one of the favorites should be in the Eastern Conference Finals, so... I understand you got to lock up your guys, and people are going to get paid in the NBA, but I'm a little bit skeptical about this move, man. What do you think? So I think when you have talent on your team, uh, coming from a Nick fan, there's, they don't have any. So when you have talent, you need to keep your talent. And I think Ben Simmons is obviously very, very talented. He's still very, very young. And I think, I hope, that shot will ultimately develop, and it becomes a good move. I mean, he's really talented. He is really talented, but... Still questions about, like, his motivation, too, at times, his motor. Like, yeah, he could be a stat stuffer. He's someone that could get triple doubles just because he's a six foot eight, six foot nine point guard. But questions about, you know, his defensive effort at times and just overall, like, his motivation, you know? Like, there's just, there was times throughout the playoffs where there was one game against Brooklyn where he went off and dropped 30 points, and we came in the next day, and I said, I mean, this is what Ben Simmons should be doing all the time, you know? Like, more often than not, the person that's guarding him is going to be smaller than him. Why doesn't he just post up said defender all the time and really take over a game? I just feel like too often, 
you don't see Ben Simmons take over a game like he's capable of. I just is he missing the killer instinct? Is, is he just is he aloof? Does, does he just not care enough about it? Now, I, I don't like to question players' motivation, but there's just it seems to be at times I do have those question marks when it comes to to Ben Simmons. He's on a stacked team, Philadelphia. Everything runs through Joel Embiid. Trust the process. I get it. Tobias Harris is going to get his shots. Uh, you bring some veteran leadership over with Al Horford now as well. I like this Philadelphia team, but I have my reservations when it comes to Ben Simmons. Understandably so, the reservations with Ben Simmons, he can't shoot. That seems like an issue. Yeah, but I just named a bunch of other things as well that go along with the, uh, the fact that he's not a good shooter. Obviously. And he plays in the NBA, and that's supposed to be his job. Correct. There's a lot of guys that can't shoot. Yeah, those and- players are also centers, Greg. They're not point guards. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Not, you're not, uh, you're I mean, let's look this up right now, Greg. How Go many three-point makes do you think Ben Simmons has in his career? I, I think his rookie season, I don't even think he attempted a three. I, I don't think... He, had, he is a point guard in the NBA. He has played 160 regular season games. I'll say two. He has made... Your, your guess is two? Is it zero? Actually, guess his attempts first. How about that? Guess his three-point attempts. Five. A lot of these are probably just like half-court heaves at the end of like halves or something. So not five. 17. He has 17 three-point attempts in his career. Okay. He's made zero. He has made zero. It's crazy. He is a 58% free throw shooter in his career, Greg. That is 769 free throw attempts. He has made 448 of those. He is a 58% free throw shooter. Basically in the range of a Clint Capella, DeAndre Jordan. He is the point guard for a team and just got paid $170 million over five years. I think, you're fa- I think it's fair to have question marks about this deal. I think it's fair. Yeah, that's fine. You can't... Yeah. It's a lot of money. I mean, we can look at his field goal percentage by that's distance so bad, as well, man. too. That's just so pull up bad. his NBA reference page and... Yeah. So, within three feet of the basket, 57%. Great. From three to ten feet. Oh, no, that's his field goal, uh, percentage of field goal attempts. So, between zero to three feet, he's 70% from the field. Three to ten feet, that number goes down to 42%. Ten to 16 feet from the basket, Greg. A point guard in the NBA. In his career, 29.8% shooter. Ten to 16 feet from the field. From 16 feet to three-point range, 27%. He's got to improve. I mean, this is, uh, like, this is where you find out what a person is made of, not just a player, what the person in Ben Simmons is made of. You just got your money. Now, does he, is he content just getting paid? And he's like, I'm just going to play my game the way that I've always played my game? I would, I would probably lean with, yeah, that's probably the direction he goes to. Or is he the type of person that says, you know, this team... Invested very highly in me. They, they, they drafted me out of college. First overall pick. They just made me one of the highest paid point guards in the league. Now I want to get better at my craft. Is that what he does? I don't, I don't think that that's the motivating factor. I think, I don't, I don't think, I don't I think, think so. it should be like, I'm not good but enough. I need it be to be though, better. Shouldn't it be though, Greg? Like if yes. someone gives you a ton of money, shouldn't you want to be the best version of yourself that you possibly can? Of course. Of course. But more often you than want not, to live up to we see it so many times in sports. It's not just basketball. It's not just Ben Simmons. It's everybody. Baseball players putting up monster seasons in their contract year. Never coming close to doing anything like that again once a team invests in them and pays them. 
You see it all the time in sports. Let's see what happens with Ben Simmons. Absolutely. No question about it. Now, you also came in today to work today, Frank, and you said, I watched the last couple sets of Wimbledon. I did. We, I, we talked about it on Friday. I the, mentioned how you should put a little money on the Joker. And I was right. Oh, yo, um, Nikola Jokic to win MVP next year, Greg. Great odds. I actually really like those. There's only one Joker. And it's Nikola- only one Joker. Yeah, it's Novak Djokovic. Dude. No, it's not. He's the Joker beforehand. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, Djokovic and Federer. How awesome was it? It was awesome. And I don't ever watch tennis. Admittedly, I was kind of making fun of you on Friday for bringing up the Wimbledon. But I realize the magnitude now, in hindsight, of that match because two of the best tennis players of all time That's right. just put on maybe the best tennis match of all time. Admittedly, look, I don't watch a lot of tennis, and they kept comparing it to some match that Federer had with Nadal back in the day. I think it was like 2008. Yep, that's that right. That was, at the time, the longest tennis match in Wimbledon history. And then yesterday, Federer... It's not the longest tennis match in Wimbledon history. Or final. The longest final, final, final yes, in Wimbledon correct. history. And then they surpassed that yesterday with the final set going to tiebreaker. So it's 12-12 in the final set, and then they go to the tiebreaker. It, it was just... It was insane. It was a roller coaster of emotions. I can't even imagine betting on that live in, in match, Greg, because... I mean, there were times where you thought Djokovic was done. He faced two match points. Two championship points, that's right. And he battled back, and he ended up winning it in tiebreaker. Again, I, I don't watch a lot of tennis. That was pretty awesome to watch. What do you think? I thought it was awesome. I was um, shopping with my dad on Sunday. Still prefer Mario Tennis, but I was shopping on. with my dad on Sunday for, uh, for the wedding, and we went somewhere, and the match was on, and we just sat there for like a good hour, hour and a half, watching the end of the match. It was so exciting. Who did you find yourself rooting for? Djokovic. Oh, yeah? Because, I, look, I don't know much about their sure. history, or yeah. but it just seemed like the crowd was much more into Roger Federer. Yeah, Do people just not like Djokovic? Is that what it is? Correct. Is he a jerk or something? Yeah. A jerkovic? You don't like that one, Greg? Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I found myself rooting for uh, Djokovic because uh, everyone else... Uh, is it Djokovic? Is it Djokovic, Greg? Because I just want to say it right. Djokovic. Djokovic. Yeah. I found myself rooting for him because... Nobody else was. Fair enough. You saw it with a Federer. Plus, I prefer heels. What a Federer. I, root, I rooted for Scar and Lion King. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. I am not excited about Lion King at all. I actually don't like Lion King. Dude, that's hard. They think it's one of the most overrated Disney movies of all time. Love let's, Lion King. let's go, Little Mermaid. How about that? Toy Story. It's more Pixar, but whatever. Craig is Craig is speechless. We need a break. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the BFF's Action Hour. Frank Stanfield alongside Greg Sussman, who... Guys, can we please just get the wide shot? I want everyone to see what's going on in studio right now. Greg Sussman is trying to untangle his headphones from around the chair. 
So that's why I had to bring us back to the show here. Um, well, welcome back to the show, Greg. I've Happy su- to have you I've here. I've succeeded in untangling the headphones. What, I mean, it had to be you because no one else was sitting at that chair today. So you yourself... The wire seems to be too long. ...tangled those headphones around your chair. The wire seems... Can't blame too anybody long. else. I'm, I'm just Normally I... I I'm in here. The headphones are way too loud. That's Ventra. I can blame Ventra for that. Yeah. A lot of people have hearing problems here at Fantasy Sports Network. It's unbelievable. Because, I mean, even when you put on my headphones, you say that I'm deaf. Correct. And I only have this thing about halfway. I barely have it. And when I get up here, Ventra has it 75% of the way. So he's really deaf. Yeah. I mean, all those years of, uh, you know, EDM music and stuff, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. It might have done something to his eardrums. I don't know. Danny, can you play some sort of music and I'll read this thing, if you don't mind, please? <laughs> I just, I, I lost my train. I, I was trying to untangle my headphones. There we go. All right, get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where the listeners of the show can get a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to 500 bucks. Go to DraftKings. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. And see website for details. There you go. Now, speaking of going to DraftKings and placing a wager, you can right now, Frank, bet on uh, NFL win totals, for instance. And one win total that may be affected, we, talk, we spoke about Melvin Gordon last week, that is the Dallas Cowboys. So we were talking last week about their odds to win the division. Remember that? Yes, sir. So we were talking about the odds to win the division. And the Eagles were the favorites, followed by the uh, Cowboys. Cowboys sat at, I'm pulling up right now, the updated odds. Cowboys sit at plus 140, the Eagles now minus 110. Now this may change a bit. Because Ezekiel Elliott is threatening to hold out of training camp because he wants a new contract. How nervous are you about this one, Frank? Because you're very nervous about Melvin Gordon after getting burned last year by Le'Veon Bell. How nervous are you about Zeke? I mean, you have to at least be somewhat nervous whenever you hear a report like this. And I understand where the players are coming from. I agree that running backs should get paid and they should want to get paid while they still can because they have such a short shelf life in the NFL their opportunity to make money, it's it's not very long. It's not like other you know offensive linemen or quarterbacks who can play well into their mid thirties or late thirties. Frank Gore is an outlier who's still you know finding ways to get paid by the Buffalo Bills, of course. But for the most part, when these running backs are in their prime, they have to capitalize, Greg. They have to get money while they can, and specifically with Ezekiel Elliott, he had something like three hundred and eighty touches last year, Greg. I mean, the Cowboys have not been shy about this before. We all remember DeMarco Murray. They ran him into the ground. And then they let another team pay him in the Philadelphia Eagles. And then it was, what, two, three years after that, he's out of the league? So as an NFL running back, especially one that's touching the ball nearly 400 times, you have to get your money whenever you can, as soon as you can. And you have to get as much of it as you can. You know, whenever whenever this comes up, so I can't blame guys for wanting to get paid. I can't blame Melvin Gordon. I can't play Zeke. Uh, can't blame Ezekiel Elliott. What I'll say about Zeke is this is a little bit more interesting because he's had a lot of off the field issues as well, and he's currently going through something right now. Like the the league came out and said they weren't going to suspend him for you know his altercation with a security guard at like EDC or whatever, some kind of yep music festival. In, I believe it was like Vegas or something like that. 
But now, I think the guy is actually pressing charges, the security guard who he dropped. Of course he is. He wants to get paid like $50,000, and Zeke is saying, no, I don't want to do that. Obviously. And all the while, he's basically threatening a holdout. He hasn't been as vocal as someone as like Melvin Gordon. But I can't blame him. I can't blame him for wanting to get paid. What I'll say about this is, if you like the Eagles to win the division at minus 110 right now, you better jump on that. Because the further we go into camp with this threat of Ezekiel Elliott holding out, the Philadelphia Eagles' odds are only going to rise in terms of like they're going to become bigger favorites to win this division. So if you would like them to win the division, you got to jump on it now at minus 110. I agree. It's not going, it's, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Do you agree that Zeke is a special case of a running back wanting to get paid because of everything he's done off the field? No. Like, do, don't you have a little bit more concern about giving someone like this a long-term deal if you're oh. the Cowboys? Yes and no. Because he's already been in trouble once, Greg. All he has to do is one more thing, you know, pull up a female shirt again, get in trouble with some kind of domestic violence thing, and, you know, he had a six-game suspension already. We could be looking at something even longer than that. He's one more violation away. But you say, like, all he has to do, right? Like, I, I think that... It just wouldn't surprise me because of I, everything he's done so far. I think if for better or worse, the Cowboys know who Ezekiel Elliott is. I think they understand who he is. And on the field, he's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. And fantasy football is one of the top uh, selections and early first-round pick. Off the field, I don't think he's a necessarily a bad guy. I don't think... He got suspended. It wasn't domestic violence, right? It was, it was drugs, I believe. No, it was domestic violence. It was? it was the potential for domestic violence based on a report that came out that he was accused of domestic violence. It was? I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it was. I, yeah, he got I six you. games I, about it. He got six I games about it. was like that. the drug thing. And it was going to be the beginning of the season, and then it ended up being like no, no, I, I, final I six games of the season. No. Yeah, it I wasn't know. drugs, Greg. It was... Uh, it was he yeah. was accused of domestic violence. The accusation of domestic violence against his ex-girlfriend on five different occasions. Oh, God. Yeah. And then he had the thing at the, whatever, he was at a parade or something where, like, that, he lifted up a woman's Gras. shirt, whatever. Right. And Mardi Gras. Yeah. I, look, he's a kid. I get it. Like, kids do stupid things. But at some point, he's a professional athlete. He also has to think about the team, the fact that when he gets suspended, he's hurting the team. You want to be a role model for kids. I, I understand everything that goes along with this, so... Like, it's not, it's not a threat of, like, him being injury-prone. Like, that's the Chargers' perspective, is that Melvin Gordon hasn't been able to stay on the field for the most part. I mean, he's ended, what, three of his four, five seasons hurt? With Ezekiel Elliott, it's character concerns. It's not durability concerns. That could be worked into the contract, though. Like, that kind of stuff. Because if you're suspended, it's not like you're paying him. You know? If I hear what you're saying. If he's suspended, he get, doesn't get paid. So that... That's okay. I don't think that's so bothersome. I think that given the player that he is, I don't, I don't know the guy, obviously, but I don't think he's like this bad dude. Yes. I, I think they just need some veteran leadership in there. Like someone has to step up. I don't know who it's going to be because if you look around, there's a lot of young guys on this team. I mean, the three main focal points of their offense are all under 25 years old. Sure. Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Who's going to be the voice of reason? Jason I mean, Witten. Jason Witten. Maybe that's why they bring him back to well, part of it, try sure. and have like a big influence on these guys. Or uh, who, who's the, the linebacker on their team that's been around forever? Sean Lee. Sean Lee. I mean, he has to be someone. I, I don't know how much like the offense and defense mingle, but 
I'm sure that he probably has an effect on like the defensive side of the football, but yeah, I mean, they probably bring it, bring back Jason Witten because they need his voice in the locker room. I think that's part of it. I, I definitely think that's part of it, bringing back uh, Jason Witten, coming out of retirement, leaving ESPN, and joining the rejoining, I should say, the Dallas Cowboys. Can we get an update on that Giants game, please, Frank? Look it up right now. It is now 13-zip. The San Francisco Giants are beating the Colorado Rockies in Coors Field. Herman Marquez lashes two and two-thirds innings pitch, 11 hits, 11 earned runs, three strikeouts, Greg. Herman Marquez was drafted as a top 25 starting pitcher this year in fantasy. He ranks outside the top 50 right now in Roto. And he was drafted as most people's SP3, maybe even an SP2. His ERA now stands at 5.12, and he is someone that you cannot trust at home in Coors Field, as we see. Look, if you can't get it done against the Giants at home in Coors Field, I can never use you. I can never use you at home. So your SP3 is someone that you cannot start for half of his starts in the second half moving forward. This line is the funniest line I've ever seen. I mean, your week is over. Over. If you play in a head-to-head league, your week is over. He's going to end up with, if you play in a points league, close to negative 25 points. And your ERA is just absolutely blasted if you use him in a head-to-head categories league. It's over. It's awful. And it's a, it's a mess. because it, it sucks because if you watch him pitch, I actually do think that he's a talented pitcher. Sure. You know, I think if someone strikes out 260 batters in a season, which is what he did last year, you're obviously a good pitcher. But Coors Field remains undefeated, man. Oh, my God. How many times do people need to see this before they invest a top 30 starting pitcher draft pick in a Colorado Rockies pitcher? This line. How many times do you have to see this, Greg? This line is bad. Told you so. Oh, my God. How about Kyle Freeland? The guy just got back to the majors. He was in the minors because, yeah, he had a sub-3 ERA last year. What did that mean heading into this season? Absolutely nothing. To be fair, was I not on the... I, I hated Aaron Marquez. Oh, oh yeah. Nowhere. No, I mean, I, I'm like bashing the people who liked him. It's not you, but there were a lot of people who did like Herman Marquez coming into the season. 11 hits, 11 runs, five outs. At least he averaged a strikeout per inning. Sorry, excuse me. Eight outs. He averaged a strikeout per inning, Greg. He did. It's pretty good. K per nine, pretty good. He didn't walk anyone. Three strikeouts, zero walks. I think it's scary that he only allowed two home runs. Yes, that is sarcasm, people. This is so bad. This is so bad for him. Yeah, we don't trust Rocky starting pitchers. I will say, John Gray has actually turned it around a little bit this year. I know. I hate but that just, that just means... There's just no reason. For the next month, John Gray is probably going to pitch to a five-year right? There's just no reason. There's no reason to do it. There's so many other pitchers. Why bother with the Rockies? Why? You're asking for a disaster. So, I agree with you. I agree. I agree. Ask me how many shares I have of Herman Marquez. Zero. I don't need to ask. Zero! I don't need to ask. I don't have any shares of any Rockies pitchers. Nor will you Anywhere. Have. No reason to. We'll take a break. We'll come back. A lot of baseball tonight. A lot of picks to make. Final few minutes of the program's next. Hey. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. with you bffs fantasy sports radio network it's the final few minutes final few moments frank of our show so it's time over the next 15 or so minutes to make our picks for the night you ready to rock let's go let's do it man i'll take the giants in the early game here plus 180 wait what the giants over the rockies in the early game their month their money line is only plus 180 that can't be right well they they were uh to start the game oh all right sorry <laughs> Take, I was about to say, right now live, they are uh, minus 50,000. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. That's hysterical. But you know what you could do right now, which is interesting with this game like going on right now, if you want to live bet it? The Rockies spread is plus 11 and a half. So they're losing 13 zip. They'll probably score a couple runs, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like Even if the Giants score a little bit here, the Rockies should be able to put up some runs against Samarja. I haven't done it yet. He's, he's the baby shark, though, Frank. He is the grown shark. He is daddy shark. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> Plus 11 and a half right now. In-game betting on the, uh, I don't like it. On the Rockies. I don't like that also. Okay, let me... I, it's amazing, you know, Mike works at the Meadowlands, right, at the sports book. Like, I'm cra- it's crazy he doesn't, like, just walk down, make a couple bats, walk back upstairs to his office, has a live in-game betting. He probably does, right? Oh, I, I would imagine so, yes. Yeah. Probably does. Right. Why doesn't he run an account for us at this point? Like, that's what we should be asking ourselves. You, you should probably ask him that. All right. We'll call him Mike after the show. Put it on the agenda. Okay. Uh, the Dodgers and the Phillies face off from Citizens Bank Park tonight. I got Zach Eflin in my fantasy league. I will not be betting on Zach Eflin, nor will I be putting him in my lineup, Frank. I actually have him in my NFBC main event lineup right now. Really, really desperate for pitching there. I don't love the matchup. Zach Eflin has... Regressed a little bit recently, like I said he was going to do. I mentioned that uh, about a month ago at this time, saying that I thought he was a sell-high pitcher because there was some regression coming for Zach Eflin. And you see that tonight, they are plus 152 underdogs at home against the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, Greg. The line, the total is 9.5 here. There's nothing that I really like for this game. What do you think? I am not touching this game, personally. Zach Eflin, a 3.78 ERA going up against Kershaw with a 3.09 ERA. Maybe I could get talked into the under here, but in Philadelphia, Pitcher's Park, Eflin hasn't pitched well. I'm out. All right, I'm also out. Not touching this game at all. Up next, Paxton, Snell, Yankees, Rays from Yankee Stadium. I think this is the last time the Yankees play the Rays until the end of September. I actually really like this game, Greg, and I understand that last time the Yankees faced Blake Snell, they absolutely bombed him. Was that last time or was it two times ago now? They play a lot. Might have been two times. Two but times. they blew him up one start this year where he only recorded like two outs. Didn't even get out of the first inning and yeah, got was, destroyed. I remember vividly. Total for this game is nine, Greg. The Yankees typically do not have not hit lefties well so far this season. So and the, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, the last game he started... Yep. Um, for the All-Star break was against the New York Yankees. He went five innings, five Ks, allowed one run. 
Okay, so that's good. Mm-hmm. So that works into what I'm about to say, that I like the under for this game. The total is nine right now, and I realize that you know, Paxton hasn't necessarily been himself, but the Rays and Yankees are 20th and 21st in weighted on-base average against left-handed pitching this year, Greg. So I'm going to take my chances that not a lot of runs are scored in this game tonight. I like the under nine. I would love it if it was nine and a half, just so we don't have that threat of a push, but I'll take the under nine here in this game. One of my best bets of the night. One of your best bets of the night. How did our best bet do on a Friday? We had the I had the Braves money line and I had the Reds money line and the Reds ended up losing three to two because the bullpen blew it late uh, and and the Braves won that game it was Dallas Keuchel against the Padres they won it five to three so I went one on one with my picks I don't remember what yours were I think you like the Braves as well I like the Braves as well I think I had the Twins who lost all right all right whatever well, we bounce back now we got we got a lot of games now. tonight Tigers and Indians out of Pluto Danny Norris. Wow, Daniel Norris and the Tigers are plus 188 tonight. This is one of those bad teams that have a way too big number, I think. I'm not touching because I like Pluto and the Indians to win this one. Um, but I was surprised to see that number. Why are you surprised by it? I, I know the Indians are hot and the Tigers are not. It yeah. just seems like a huge number. I don't think it should be that big. Eh, I, I see what you're saying, but... Well, that's why I'm surprised. The Indians are the home team here, and Daniel Norris has pitched very, very badly so far this season. His ERA is 4.96. Adam Pluko, 4.95. So maybe you're on something, Greg. Would you throw a little, throw a little bit down on the Tigers? No, I'm staring at what I'm going to throw down at a little bit. That's not it. Yeah, and the over in this game would not surprise me one bit. I, li- I, don't I just don't like yeah. betting on the Tigers lineup to come through. Because I don't want to, exactly. They're very inconsistent. Correct. The Blue Jays and Trent Thornton are in Boston to take on Rick Porcello and the Red Sox. Red Sox made a trade over the weekend, uh, trading for Andrew Kashner. Massive deal. You're not gonna be, you're gonna be a dick. About it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not being a dick towards you. I'm, I'm just trying to reveal all. I want everybody to know the information. I'm just making fun of the Red Sox I want because everybody like, that's know. the move that they're making. They're trading for well, Andrew. Well, it's more than the Yankees have done. Pitching was. Well, the Yankees are. We're about to trade for someone who just landed on the IL, Greg. So. Yeah. Zach Wheeler. Not anymore. Castro has actually pitched well. You know, I make fun of the Red Sox for acquiring him, but two earned runs or less in five straight starts, and he's using his changeup more. And it's actually, according to Fangraphs pitch values, the second best changeup in baseball behind Luis Castillo. How about that? That's Andrew Castro. So he's doing something a little bit different. Uh, the last time I said that, I was condoning uh, Jordan Zimmerman. So take that with a uh, grain of salt. Andrew Castro pitching well right now. Trent Thornton going up against Rick Porcello. Trent Thornton, a 4.85 ERA. Rick Porcello, a 5.3 ERA on the season, Greggy. Are you taking Jeff Samarja? What is the total in that game? Ten and a half? You know what? I would have said that I liked the over in this game, but the Red Sox played extra innings last night. They might come out a little bit flat here. The total's not bad, though, at ten and a half. With, the, with those starting pitchers on the mound? It's okay. It's okay. I kind of like, like the, the over. over. Kind of like it, yeah. but it's not one of my best bets. Kind of like the over as well. Not one of my best bets either. Kind of like the over. Uh, Luis Castillo, Kyle Hendricks. Is the wind blowing out of Chicago tonight? Well, what is the... Uh, 10? Let me pull this up. Weather.com. We'll look at how things know. are playing out in this, Wrigley right now. This seems high to me, man. What is the actual... Like, neighborhood that Wrigley is right around. Wrigleyville. Wrigleyville? Okay, that, so that's not going to work. So I'll just, I'll just sh- type in Chicago. Chicago would work, Frank. Yeah, I understand that, but I just thought, forget it. Um, hourly, the weather tonight in Chicago is, Greg, the wind 
is southwest 12 to 17 miles per hour for the night. Seems strong. I don't know if southwest means that it's blowing out or in, though. Seems strong. So, I, that was basically useless. I'm sorry. All right, so I'm gonna take, I like the under here. If you go to Roto Grinders and you look at their weather report, um, I believe his name is Kevin Roth. He does a great job with this. Kevin Roth. Yes, it is. He is the Roto Grinders chief meteorologist, Kevin Roth. How about that? Let's see what he says here. All right. Cincinnati at Chicago. Winds blowing out to center-ish at around 10 miles per hour. Seems strong. Maybe a bit over that to start the game, a bit less by the end of the game. Slight bump to the bats in this one. Uh, I will say, I feel like Luis Castillo has pitched very well against the Cubs so far this year. So that is currently what I'm looking up, his splits against the Chicago Cubs. He has made two starts against them, Greg. He's allowed three earned runs, a 122 batting average against, 219 ERA. Excuse me. I like the Cincinnati Reds money line tonight against the Cubs, Greg. You're getting them at plus 126. What do you think? Can you get behind that? Luis Castillo and the Reds. I can get behind In Wrigley, plus 126. I can can certainly get behind that. I like the under. The under is my favorite bet from this game. I think that is my other best bet of the night. Reds or the under? Cincinnati money line, plus 126. Okay. All right. I'm going to take the under as one of my best bets. Okay. All right. What else do we got? We got Atlanta. We got Milwaukee. We got Max Fried versus my man Adrian Hauser. Newbie Hauser. Another close money line here. Minus 102 for Atlanta. Minus 112 for Milwaukee. Yeah, this game's a toss-up right here. Max Fried has not pitched well slowed down. recently. He certainly has slowed down. Uh, Adrian Hauser, someone who has not pitched well in the rotation so far. He was pitching really well out of the bullpen, but he has not seen that same success as a starting pitcher, Greg. So, I don't know. I see the total at 10. It's basically a toss-up with the money line right now. Milwaukee Brewers are a slight favorite at minus 112 because they're home. I don't love this game. I think, if anything, I'd be looking at the total. I don't love it either. It's such a toss-up. Like, I lean the Braves, but it's a toss-up. Just because they're the better team. Correct. Right Correct. All right, let's move on. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that one. This is interesting, Frank. Chicago White Sox, Kansas City Royal. You're getting Luke Giolito at minus 116 here. Now, Giolito has struggled. Ricky Sanders for DailyRoto.com loves Jay Junis tonight for DFS. What do you think? So that's why you see the odds this close, because Giolito has struggled his past couple of starts. It's not a terribly tough matchup against the Royals, but it's a good matchup for Jake Junis, which you can see on the FanDuel Hurry Up right now. Ricky Sanders likes Jake Junis, because it's a good matchup against mm-hmm. the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So this could be a close game here. Overall, I think I would still lean with the White Sox and Lucas Giolito to get it done tonight. What are you thinking? I like Giolito as one of my best bets. I'm buying, I'm buying That's Giolito. your other best bet. Yes, it is, but lock it in. Okay, so we each have two so far. Lock it in. CWS, money line, minus 116. Let's do it. All righty. Okay. What, what do we got next? The Pirates, the Cardinals, Michaelis versus Joe Musgrove. Draft Joe Musgrove. You've gone everywhere from draft Joe Musgrove to drop Joe Musgrove to fire Joe, Joe, Joe Musgrove to pick back up Joe Musgrove. To start Joe Musgrove, to stream Joe Musgrove, to bet on Joe Musgrove. Is that what you're doing tonight, Craig? Are you uh, betting on Big Joe? I don't, I don't bet on Big Joe. He's had a few starts this year where he's gotten absolutely blown up. One of them was against the Cardinals earlier on in the season. Sure, but you can get better from that, obviously. It's, it's true. I feel like he has pitched better recently. Outside of that start where he got ejected for hitting Josh Donaldson in his shirt, which was completely ridiculous. I was watching that game. 
Umpire is going to be replaced by robots soon, Greg. Yeah, I'm excited. And rightfully so. I'm excited. No more uh, Joe West. Are you touching this game? Not really. I don't hate Joe Musgrove as an underdog at plus 126 to Pittsburgh money line. It's not one of my best bets, though. Derek Rodriguez in Colorado. Game two between the Giants and the Rockies. Rockies are a slight favorite. The total in this game is 14, Greg. Yes, the Giants have how many runs right now, Frank? They have 13. Mm. So they haven't gone over the Rockies yet. have They zero. have not gone over 14 yet. I'm just saying. But it is. Have not done it. The Phenomenal. No, his name does not start with AJ, but I just thought I would throw Phenomenal in there. Chichi Gonzalez. Oh, my gosh, Greg. Against Derek Rodriguez was a 5.27 ERA. How, how do you not bet the over in this game? Seriously. Based on the pitchers They're who are not hit- over yet, Frank. Oh, man. That's a... All right, seriously, though, does the fact that they played a game already today affect your mindset gonna... in terms of betting on this game if I you would... wanted to? Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, would, I would probably would you be more? Would you be more apprehensive to bet the over because yes. they're, they're putting so many runs on the board in this first game? It's just tiring. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Correct. Probably just an avoid. It's a long day. Finally, Josh James, Griffin Canning, Astros and Angels. Well, something you said recently, Greg, is that whenever you can get the Astros as they're not an underdog, but they're a slight favorite, they're minus 116, so you don't have to lay out a lot here going up against Griffin Canning. You've been on record saying that you like getting the Astros at those odds. It's Josh James opening up tonight for Framber Valdez, who has an ERA over 11. Do you still feel that way tonight with Mike Trout most likely not in the lineup? The reason that Josh James is opening in favor of Valdez's pitching, of course, Peacock, Brad Peacock had a setback with his shoulder. He was supposed to start tonight. Uh, I do still feel that way. Whenever I get the Angels at close to plus money, I like, I'm sorry, the Astros at close to plus money, I like it. But the Angels, after their no-hitter over the weekend, they're flying high, man. There's something about this Angels team right yeah. now. They're playing hard for Tyler Skaggs right now. I don't think I touch it. We'll see. I don't. I agree with that. We have off. two best bets. I like the Rays and Yankees under nine. Cincinnati money line at plus one twenty six. Greg is under in that Cubs game at t- under ten, and the White Sox money line at minus one sixteen. I want to thank Derek Brown for joining us and everybody downstairs for their help. He's Frank Stanfield. I'm Greg Sussman. He'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of one twenty nine ninety nine, or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Visit today. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Back with Derek Brown, Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. This is the BFFs. And we talked a lot about the running game here. But the receiving game was also really fantasy relevant last year. Certainly in July. Where all these fantasy experts and analysts were on Allen Robinson. And they were on Trey Burton. And they expected really big things. I don't think they got them. Derek, what should we expect this year? I think you could see a little bit better season from this Bears passing game in the sense that Anthony Miller played with basically one arm last year. Allen Robinson, after the season ended, we found out that he basically played banged up the entire season. Trubisky missed time with a shoulder injury. If they all stay healthy or some semblance of health with a better run game, I think you could see better things this year. 
Yeah, I think that's fair to say as well. You look at what Mitchell Trubisky has done, and it seems like he's gotten better each year that he's been in the league. I think he's a little bit undervalued this year so far right now for fantasy football purposes as well. Look, I still have my question marks when it comes to you know him as a passer and actually as an actual NFL quarterback. You know, going through his reads and his progressions and you know issues that we've seen with accuracy. But from a fantasy perspective, Mitchell Trubisky actually runs the ball a decent amount last year. He finishes QB 11 points per game, but through week 10, he was QB 7, and a lot of that was due to his rushing. I mean, he missed two games last year and still finished with 421 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So again, I have my reservations about him as a passer, Greg, but Trubisky as like your second quarterback in a super flex league, he's being drafted as like QB 18, QB 19 right now. I actually really like him for fantasy purposes. In terms of the pass game, again, I think it probably gets a little bit better this year, but I think ultimately Matt Nagy, I don't know that he's going to have like a number one target. I know Allen Robinson is supposed to be that guy and he's getting paid to be that guy. But if you look at what they did last season, all the Bears receivers basically finished between 577 yards and 741 yards. Nobody had more than 93 targets. I think that's by design. I think they kind of want to take what defenses give to them. They want to scheme certain players available and open. We saw that with you know Taylor Gabriel having random big games last year. Uh, I want to like Anthony Miller this year, but that's dependent on whether or not he takes that next step, becomes the wide receiver two for this team, because he only played 57% of the snaps last year, Greg. So I want to like Anthony Miller. He plays a lot in the slot as well. But ultimately, I think from a fantasy standpoint for the pass catchers, I really do believe that they're going to spread the ball out a lot again this season. So you like you like Andy I like Miller. Trubisky. You like Trubisky. You but because I think the sum of their parts will lead to him having a good fantasy season. Plus, there, he runs the ball. Is there a number that you feel comfortable grabbing Allen Robinson at? Be sure to follow all our social media at FNTSY Sportsnet and at FNTSY Radio. And now I'm tweeting about you, bruh. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super.